Welcome to Primary Attribute. We're a Castles and Crusades actual play podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm the GM, and I use they/them pronouns. Hi, my name's Adam. I play as Vons. Vons and I both use he/him pronouns. Vons is the uh, furry fox folk alchemist friend who is currently feeling a, a bit nervous about the splishy splashies in the water below. I'm Erin. I play Erisine. I use she or they pronouns. Erisine uses she, her pronouns. Erisine is a half-elf socialite uh, lady who is um, maybe having the worst thing that has ever happened to her happen, like literally right now. So, but you know, it's her own fault. So she doesn't feel particularly bad about it, honestly. I'm Kelly. I play Wealthy Taylor, the halfling wizard. Our pronouns are she and her. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about a whole lot of different things. <laughs> uh, I'm Wit. I play Grix, the kobold illusionist slash mechanic. And uh, right now Grix uh, doing some mental calculus and coming to the conclusion that he fucked up. Oh, and we use he, him pronouns. Both of us. Ah, oh, Grix, buddy. Fucking up as a group activity. You don't need to take it all on yourself. Yeah. Nah, this, I mean, this one's like 80, 80% me at least. The, the critter. Mm. Whatever. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone stay positive. You're not dead yet. Speaking of not dying, Aaron, would you like to let us know the recap where people did not die yet? Uh, so first, a few things we found about the room with the giant crystal and the pool of water with things in it. One, the motion in the water seems to be moving in linear forms. Two, the crystal is shining, but not really illuminating this room and has the same rainbow miasma of colors that the previous larger room with conduits was doing. Uh, three, there is not an obvious source of water into the pool, which in Aaron's opinion means that this is a security feature, not a bug. Other opinions may differ. Then there is the issue with Erosine. In an attempt to jump across a gap in the catwalk thereon, she failed a series of rolls and fell 15 feet, knocking herself entirely out. Vons drank his spider climb and rushed down to her, putting out the fire of the lantern that broke and administering potions to bring her back up to zero hit points. Everyone basically agreed that it would be best to take a long rest here to regain spells and hit points. Grix took this opportunity to test the waters by casting light on a coin, making a wish, and flipping it into the waters. This disturbed nothing and showed that the things in the water cast no shadows. He then cast silent image of a person thrashing in the water. The things thrashed with it, and then we were all cliffhangered with a piercing screech coming from the water. Yeah. Also, your erstwhile GM figured out a actual clear way to describe how that uh, big crystal column is glowing. It's kind of like a glow stick. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, sure. Where it doesn't put light out very far, which is for some reason a comparison that escaped me for like 10 minutes in a row while I was trying to describe it last time. <laughs> That's the great thing about a podcast. You can get the spirit to escalate and then satiate on the next recording when everyone else has already forgotten. But the listener will have a slightly less weird experience. 
Right, so you are all on the second from the top and actually kind of... Okay, so you are at the top level catwalk of this giant room. You drop down one level. There is, I believe, one more layer of catwalks below you and then the floor, which is covered in water and has something moving around in it that just yelled at you. Uh-huh. What? Oh, also because I forgot to actually mention it last session, um, occasionally there are shooting out from that central column. Um, it's more down near the water, but kind of up and down it. Uh, bolts of that magic kind of arcing and going through the air and twisting through and stuff like that. They appear to not be any major threat. They appear to be hitting objects. They appear to be at pretty random. And from what you can see when they end up kind of near you, they... Or, like, I think you probably have had some go near you at this point, or at least near enough, and you're not feeling, like, I think wealthy, and Grix especially. There's a feeling to magic if you're close enough to it, and it's giving you that, but not in the, like, way that sets off alarm bells of, if I touch this, this will kill me. Like, it's strong, and it's weird, but it's not, it's not like a lightning bolt like that thing was earlier, or anything like that. So you don't know what'll happen, and it's not happening that often. And none of them have hit you yet, but it is happening kind of around the room. Albeit, as I said, mostly below you, although now that you're at the second from the top level, there are some kind of hitting just below your level, and occasionally hitting So this itself. wouldn't actually be a good place to sleep. Um, you are all... Hmm. <laughs> it wouldn't be great. Yeah. But at the same time... I think it's one of those things where based on what you've experienced so far, if y'all kind of stay low, you'd probably be okay. As I said, like, I don't think any of you have even gotten, like, super close to you yet. Sure. Okay. But sleep is later. Monster now. Um, I have a procedural question. What does the aid potion actually do? Let's all read from the book together. I'm sorry, I nope, just... It's it's all good, because aid is... We keep not using them? Yeah, that's because the, the main reason is that aid is temporary hit points, instead of permanent hit points. Um, Right, so uh, the spell allows the caster, it's a cleric spell normally, um, to heal, inspire, and raise the morale of one creature. The subject gains 1d8 temporary HP, plus 1 to hit, and plus 1 on saving throws against fear. So, basically, it gives you... Uh, 1d8 hit points, but those only last for one minute per level of the caster. So in Vons's case, it would last for three minutes. Um, the kind of downside is that that does go away after three minutes. It'll reduce you back down to where you were for sure. I've been waffling on whether it just subtracts all of that, no matter what your new total is. <laughs> Gonna say, because if it was, if it gained temporary maximum hit points, that is you know, you would just kind of drop back down to where you were. But if it's just like an adrenaline yeah, spike Yeah, I, I was kind of HP. reading it as an adrenaline spike. So it's huh. not sure if it's supposed to work that way. I find it very interesting and cinematic if it does. Because there's some interesting risk calculus in there that isn't there otherwise. But so yeah, you will uh, gain those HP, lose those HP, but you won't drop into the negatives because you happen to take damage while having that HP. That was equal to or less than the HP you gained. Um, 
it's it's the shields that fall off as opposed to your yeah it doesn't carry your damage stating the end of that for the audience because i get confused sometimes when there's back and forth no conclusion at the end well if if any of that even stays in well you see this way we could cut out everything except for that last line basically because <laughs> oh. the procedural question is useful then i just screwed it up do it again yeah, Aaron. So the way we're running that after a lot of probably off-screen debate is that, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, you gain those hit points. You can lose them as normal, but you don't then subtract, you know, your total bonus hit points when the spell ends. Okay. So perfect. Yeah, if you gain four, you lose four. You hang out at zero, not at negative four. I'm extremely excited for that uh, extended debate to go on um, an extended bloopers episode so everyone can hear just exactly how confusing that rule seemed. It's it's one of those things that I'm sure if you ask the writers, they'd be like, it's up to the GM. <laughs> but your GM wants their players to not hate them for as many reasons in terms of their rules lawyering. So, <laughs> and- Coward. Do you want to get a concussion again? <laughs> <laughs> I, I admit that it was not actually clear in a fun way, or I guess it was clear. Yeah, there's lots of fun things uh, for hit point rules, including whether I was allowed to keep you unconscious for a number of hours or not. But, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think magical healing makes it to also regain consciousness. In this case, after a very short period of time. Okay. Yeah, but you still have a concussion. Everything still hurts. You can walk about half speed. I will let you walk at closer to full speed if you're assisted. Okay. And if you get something like, say, temporary hit points or magical healing, then you will just be back up and and fully functioning. Okay. But until then, you're in a rough spot. Cannot do anything strenuous. So I was looking at the list of potions under under level two, and they appeared to end at knock. And then I like go down a page and realize, oh, there's three more potions, <laughs> one of which is lesser restoration, and I should probably have considered that. Lesser restoration cures ongoing effects. It does not give HP. Oh, yeah, the, well. The one you want is cure light wounds. And I got lots of those. Well, you had lots of those until I drank them all. <laughs> there's oh, yeah. serious, serious wounds. wounds is for level, level three. three. Mm-hmm. We don't need a cleric, no one explicitly said, but still. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I'm going to get healing soon. Although there's uh, lots of fun things in the rules about how clerics do not necessarily heal you and you should not treat them as heal bots, which I appreciated. So, yeah, um, you are all on this thing. A thing just screeched at you. You have now had the world physics click into place in your head and are reconnected to reality. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> uh. You think it's sauce? <laughs> what is it though? Like what? It like what is it? Erisine kind of like flops over <laughs> and like looks down through the grate. And so you can crawl. You can kind of scoot yourself over. Nope, like a fish. She just. I'm just be. I'm being dramatic on purpose. Okay, that's fair. I just wanted to make sure you weren't just like someone dragged me as soon as you needed to move anywhere from here. Um, yeah, so uh, you flop. And Grix threw a light spell down there, leaving all of you to still be in darkness. Air, as you can barely see in. Yep. 
How far down is the water now? 45 feet. Okay. Uh, well, whatever. It's either 30 or 45 feet. Either way. It's hard for us to see. We yes, can't judge Also exactly. that, judging distances is hard. Um, that is a good excuse. I mean reason. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but where that light is glowing in the water, you can see things. And I think we're... Grix, did you keep your silent image up? Uh, or after the screech, did you drop it? No, I kept it up. <clears throat> okay. Um, so... And you put I, maybe I maybe I lessened it. Yeah, and did you put that pretty like the near the light? The, yes. Cool. So, Ericene, you can see there's something basically roiling up the water to a near froth, just ripples and waves and chaos everywhere. Um, but you don't see anything. There's nothing like passing over the light that's casting a shadow. There's nothing that appears to be covering the image. And you don't see anything moving around under the water. Like there's nothing silhouetted or anything like that. Is it ghosts? I don't know. Like, you said it might be invisible sharks, so like, that sounds as reasonable as anything, I guess. (sighs) Hmm. Well, uh... Grix, do you actually know what a shark is? I read about him once. Yeah, okay. If you'd seen one, I wanted to ask where. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just uh, let the illusion go and uh, see if it stops. Has the piercing screech continued this entire time? No, it was it was long, but it was like you know several seconds. Um, okay, I think on the scale of like wolf owls, that kind of thing, where it's it's a long sound, but it does you know end. Oh, it's an invisible shark wolf. <laughs> gotcha. Note to self, stop making analogies, similes, <laughs> any of that, really. <laughs> it only leads to trouble. <laughs> or does it lead to comedy? There's a screech at, you know, 750, 7,500 hertz or whatever for 6.7 seconds, and then it ends. Mm, sure. Okay, okay. When Grix turns off the illusion, does the frothing stop it takes a second and you see the frothing kind of lessen but like spread out for a second or two um and then those kind of linear water motions that you were seeing earlier so minor linear frothing kind of slowly moves out in a couple directions until they are beyond the light and can't be seen anymore a couple of directions yeah okay interesting yeah, uh, I don't want to go down there. Fair. Mm, duh. Well, uh, something tells me they probably can't climb, so. Probably not, no. Oh, uh, uh, sleepy time? Yeah, please. All right. Okay, you all. Last thing I'm going to do, mm. cast Detect Thoughts, and just, like, look out in the, like, see see if I can see any, sense any thoughts in my, in the directions. Okay, so you're kind of scanning all about. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember how far direct detect thoughts goes? Uh, pretty far actually, but it is blocked by uh five feet of stone or soil. Mm. So, um, it's it's not gonna like penetrate walls really. Right, and it's not gonna get through like things that are directly on the other side of the column from you and kind of a cone. You won't be able to get to searching the walls, searching the water, seeing if. 
the, the critters down below are sentient. Oh, that's right. It's 50 feet long, 10 feet wide. Um, I guess, yeah, either way we wrote it. Uh, so the, the critters themselves, it takes you a while to kind of lock on to them. And again, if they're critters, but you do catch kind of a, like an animal hyper awareness. Okay. There is no upper level thought, that you, like no kind of higher order thought that you can detect. Sure. Um, you know, no language but being it's a, used. But it's a pretty, it's a clever animal. Yeah, it's a clever animal and it's yeah. focused. Okay. Or at least, you know, it's not, like it's not asleep, it's not kind of chilling out, spacing out. And he only detects one? Well, he's using a 10 foot wide line, so. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll, I have 10 minutes of it, so, or yeah. whatever, so a stupid long amount of time. Yeah. Uh, so I will, um. I'll just I'll I'll scan the area, see if there's any anomalies. If not, then I'll let go and go to bed. You catch at least two others, but because you can't really see down there, it's kind of hard to know. And because it's just water splashes, you can't exactly tag them. <laughs> sure. So that's fine. You you catch you catch three. You don't know if that's all of them, or even I guess potentially if you caught the same one twice. Yeah, that's fine. So I relay all this information. Yeah, other than that, I don't think you find anything. The, the room okay. you are in is also just fucking enormous. It yeah, it goes well beyond your outer range. So yeah, yeah. No, I figured. I figured. Yeah. <clears throat> also, you have I just uh, to thirty see. minutes, but oh, you don't need wonderful. that long to kind of be thorough. But if you wanted to walk around, you could try doing that. I will only as far as it's entirely safe. Like okay, so you're kind of no. No slightly crumbling walkways, no slightly rusted metal, no 100% safe. If it's not, I'm turning back. Yeah, it's like you don't trust me. I, yeah. <laughs> well, it's more like I want to wrap this up and go on with the rest of the adventure with the whole party instead of just asking a lot of questions myself. Go by yourself. Go by yourself. <laughs> um, splitting up looks great every time. Like you walk a little bit down one way and you're basically figure out that you're close to the lower left corner of the room and there's a corner there or you can go back the other way so you kind of walk a little bit both directions and it's safe for now okay and so based on that which way do you want to go uh left uh Clock clockwise thank you <laughs> um you you know you see you find more of those machines that are seemingly measuring things um a bunch of them have been damaged and you, you find all the crumbling rock from above mm. hanging out on this platform. Mm. It doesn't appear to have, like, there's some dents and stuff, but it doesn't mm. appear to have done major damage. Um, and they're pretty small pieces. You, you see more pipes attached to the wall at about a little past, like, 100 feet. Uh -huh. Well past 100 feet. Um, you find what looks to be the remains of a catwalk that was going out towards the center of this space. Uh-huh. From what you can tell and what you can see, because again, you have dark vision, two or three feet of catwalk that is still attached, and then it is all slagged, like this melted. And you can see that the other part of the catwalk that's actually connected to the core has like dropped uh -huh. down, and is it, that end is now several feet away from the railing of the perimeter catwalk below you. 
Was this like a metal catwalk? Yes, uh, the thing you fell onto now is metal. Okay, uh, just that okay. upper so, layer was stone. So the so the it looks like the crystal the, the core crystal melted. No, um, or maybe because it's it's melted on the side that's closer to you. The side near the crystal oh. itself seems fine. Interesting. And it's connecting to a. There are a couple of catwalks are, that go around the perimeter of the crystal. Could I jump the gap? Um, so if you jumped from up here, you could do that pretty easily, but you would be dealing with the fall. If you went down, because it, it sloped pretty sharply. Sure. And if you went down a level, you might have a hard time jumping the gap. It's probably in the range of, especially with someone like Erisene who's trained to do this stuff. Like, if you're the kind of person who's capable of using the, um, like the railing of the catwalk as a push-off point, and you're, you're tall oh. enough and athletic enough to do that, you can definitely make that jump because you can get a little bit of a running start. Sure. Um, for anyone else, it's kind of a standing long jump situation from the top of a railing, and that's tricky, but you might be able to do it. And Okay. I'm not going could, to try. Say, but, and, uh, and someone that's at I medium will. size would have an easier time, but whether they could like securely land is another thing. They could definitely at yeah. least reach it with their hands doing that. I will head back at this point. Okay, as a heads up, that is safe. You can keep going beyond that. That was just for that cow oh. going out to the center. The path in okay. front of you was fine. <clears throat> okay, I'll I'll keep going around as long as I have my vision. Okay, but uh, yeah. So you keep on trucking. What's your movement speed? Twenty. And let's say after you did all that scanning, you have like twenty minutes left. Okay. Fuck, man. I don't know. I'm not doing that now. <laughs> 200 feet a minute? So I think further than that. Well, that's... Although, although you're walking. Yeah, I mean, if I'm walking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think basically you make it in sight of the next corner. So kind of the upper left corner of the room. Okay. And things seem okay here. Sweet. So far. And um, okay, you can kind of see, you know, you can... As it wears off, I think you kind of get to the point where you can see past the corner with your 60 feet of dark vision. Because it's just over an empty space. I head back. Cool. And tell everyone, yeah, there's a there's a catwalk that goes over to the crystal itself, but uh, kind of got melted. And uh, yeah, that's it. Does it look like it melted in a fire, or does it look like it was melted by acid or something like that? Uh, it looks like a thermal melt. Okay. Ericene's going to be like, oh, like when I was like passing the conduit that like left me like, you know, all weekend. Yeah, the one that, that, that whomped you. Sure. <laughs> Rogue conduits. I got like a little like bit of like a burn from like hot water coming off the conduit or something. Like the condensation like was hot or something. I don't know. It just like was for a second, but it was like a, it felt like a burning. Yeah. Maybe something was weird about the water. Uh, Just to clarify, the pipe was warm. The liquid was hot. That Maybe helps. they're thermal, invisible wolf sharks. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. That seems like a stretch. Wolf sharks I'll take, but thermal, I don't know. Yes, Ian, I'm, I, 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 I did get that it was, the water was hot. Uh, sl- sleep now and uh, figure it out in the morning? Yes, please. All right. Grix will take first watch. At zero hit points, do I get to regain 
a hit point? Let's all play the healing game, because we're going to read the rules together. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So, yeah, so a natural healing in this game. Yeah. I I looked at it, I don't remember what it is, but it's it's, It's uh, out there. Fucking rough is what I recall. Yeah. In general, hit points heal at a rate of one point per day, and only if the character is resting well fed, kept warm, and the wounds being tended to. After seven days, the rate of healing increases to include the constitution bonus, if any. And after 14 days, the rate of healing doubles, and after 30 days, it triples. Rates of healing can be adjusted by magical healing, herbs, diet, level of care, or other factors the castle keeper deems applicable. So normally, I believe that essentially means 24 hours rather than the eight or so that I think you all are planning on resting for. This is actually kind of fun, and I like it, but it does make things trickier. Uh, in addition to the complete hour of rest immediately prior to preparing spells for the day, it takes 15 minutes per spell for a character to study a spellbook and memorize the spell for the day. A character need not prepare a full complement of spells allowed per day, but preparing even one spell takes at least one hour of rest and 15 minutes of study. That's going to be based on the variety of spells you have, not the number of slots you're preparing, How many different spells are you preparing? And also, ignore your cantrips. Because they're cantrips, and I'm making that rule now. Wealthy Grix, how many different spells do you each have? Fuck. Uh, Um, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight spells. Alright. So we're going to be here for at least ten hours. Ten hours? Yep. Do you need all eight of those spells? Well, keep in mind this is um, not slots, this is unique spells. If that makes yes. a difference. Yeah, well, I've actually, I've got four unique spells. Four spells. I've got four cantrips. Okay, right. ignore so the cantrips. Only, only spells. So, yeah. So you have four spells, unique spells that you have prepped. And then, Grix, what are you looking at? Uh, don't need that one. Don't need that one. Oh, well, that's right. You can also swap yep. your spells around yep. if you want. You don't have to repair the same list as yesterday. I got uh, three. Okay, good news. You only have to rest for nine hours continuously. And hoping nothing happens. Woo! It's great. So presumably Erosine is going to be just sleeping this whole time. Do I get one hit point back at the end of it? That is the question. So normally you have to rest. That only you can yes, answer. Sorry, I just forgot to answer it. But that makes sense. And it's something we should answer. <laughs> we make her as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Um, Give her some jerky. So everybody in the party make an intelligence check. Except for Erosine. Hey. I'm pretty sure that that's a primary attribute for all of us, isn't it? Sure is. Except maybe yeah, but I far. still only rolled a seven. <clears throat> My total's an eighteen. Yeah, that's fair. I am curious. What are Jasper's uh, primary attributes? In character, you can't know that. Snark out of character and uh, and uh, disdain. Yeah, but what's a and poetry. <laughs> Ooh, wow, three. So, Ian, the my total comes up to 11. Okay, 11 for Vons. Fucking what? 22, baby. 22 for Grix. What was it, like 19 for? Feb- 18. 18? Yeah, all right. Between all of you and Jasper, I remember some stuff from kidnapping class. Fucking love yes! so much. Thank you. I love, th- I love that we had that. I love it. Between all of you, wealthiest kind of general biology knowledge, um, Grix's first aid knowledge, which I imagine yeah. super studied up on. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, some of the stuff Jasper remembers from kidnapping class. Vaughn's is like, I don't have the stuff I normally rub on people to make them feel better or make them drink or whatever. <laughs> How do? <laughs> 
but between the rest of you, you get Erisene patched up enough that we will shorten the healing time a little bit, and at the end of this eight to nine hours, uh, you will regain one whole hit point, assuming your rest Whoa. is not interrupted. Speaking of, okay, what's the watch order for people that are not Erisene, who just has to sleep? I'm on first watch. Okay. I'll be on last watch. Mm, I'll, I'll take second. Okay. And then um, Jasper can just take the middle. So you all can actually get a reasonable amount of sleep. Cool. So first watch. Bricks, roll roll a d10 and a d20 for me. Huh. Uh, fun fact, uh, they're both nines. Okay. Your watch passes uneventfully. Yes. Second watch is Vont. Same dealio. D20 and a I'm d10. I'm rolling a d10, thank you. Two on the die. And a d20? And a d20. 13 on the die. Your watch passes uneventfully. Jaspar checks that his shirt is not red. <laughs> that would be real weird because didn't you describe the uh, his undershirt could be red? The thing of um, on the armor as being like a a scene of like a a peaceful valley or something. Yeah. No, you mentioned green paint. Yeah, I think there was green paint was like embedded in the lines. It, uh, except for you know hearing the the splashing down below. And the occasional thrum and arcing of this machine. Yeah, it's soothing. It's like a it's like a white noise generator. Yeah. And last but not least, wealthy. We have a ten and a two. Uh ten on the twenty and a two on the ten. Well that's less exciting. Uh your watch passes that incident and you all are able to prep. Who is carrying rations? Yo. Jaspar, Jaspar was. Jasper has eight. Yes, Jasper is going to give it. I'm. I'm gonna make Jasper give out uh, all of our all of the rations. That all of he those had. first makes sense. Yeah, all of those first. Okay, so, the, so those are you know per person per day. We're just gonna consume them now. Um, and so Jasper gives out five of them, and it's reduced to three, including his own. Uh, I have rations myself. But, but. Jasper, I specifically wanted us to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Jas- Jasper's rations first. Oh, okay, got it. But basically, there's rations beyond the three that Jasper's still holding. Yes, which is good. Correct. In case you get stuck here again, I have two. I have my mushroom jerky, and I've got uh, I've got the uh, I, I'm I'm blanking right now. Sorry, I was gonna do a funny bit. Didn't work. <laughs> it's okay. Moving right along. Don't worry. Wealthy has her bag of dead spiders if it comes up. <laughs> it's true. So they probably aren't big enough to be more than a light snack. Actually, I don't have de- a bag of dead spiders yet. I've only got... <laughs> That's right. We're establishing I've only, that later. I've already used up all my dead spi- my one dead spider. Next time, I will be bringing a bag of dead spiders. I spend... Since Wealthy was complaining about this before he fell asleep, uh, I spend part of my watch uh, finding... Uh, spiders around. You can't move around. Well, you can like keep an eye on the walls or whatever. Okay. You can't go walking around, but you can take a few steps and try to catch something. Um. All right. Roll a. Uh, roll another d twenty for me. <clears throat> this is my spiders Georg check. Uh, fourteen. You see no spiders. Oh, beans. Okay. I think you. Because you're looking for it. You see no insects of any kind, actually. Hmm. And it's not an insect, but, you know, no insects, no... Oh, uh, big bugs no ever. Arachnids. No No centipedes or millipedes or... Yeah. Weird-ass crawdads and... None of that. You know, 
know that. Okay. No snails? No, there's several horses that go galloping past at some point, but other than that, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it, this would be a great time to introduce <laughs> the uh, the snail puppies that uh, Wealthy and I decided that we're getting. But anyway, carry on. What? It's it's from Twitter. They they found snail puppy mounts, which are actually extremely cute. Um, an illustration thereof. Oh. Yes. Um, okay. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, you all wake up, eat your food. You're refreshed. Um, because the Ooh. rest of you aren't having a longer rest than this, your HP stays where it's at. I'm at full. I was going to say, although now that I think about it, Grix got healed for not a lot, but he doesn't need a lot. So, <laughs> Nope. Yeah, so you all make it through your day. Woo! All your night. And you wake up, and Ericene's feeling good enough to get up and move around. You you still hurt like hell, but... You, you I'm know, like, you can... I'm never doing anything like that ever again. It was stupid. I'm sorry. And I'm going to bring up what I've been thinking about since I woke up for my watch, and I think that as much as we need to find Cog, we we have somebody who is severely injured and cannot take another another blow blow, um, or else she'll die. So we really probably yeah. should think about getting out of here and maybe having a more professional team come down and start looking for Cog. I mean, to be fair, we walked in here with Grix in that condition in the first place. We Now we've got two people who can only take one shot. Right. Grix can take two shots these days. Uh-huh. Provided they're very light. <laughs> let, let, let me put it this way. We've already had two people, all, you know, like really badly wounded. And one of them is not strong to start with. And the other one is not going to get better walking around so maybe we ought to think about going back up um and letting ericene heal up while we send down a team a more professional team a better obviously a better prepared team to come down here and look for cog actually one of my next questions was going to be how do we even get off of this catwalk good question you can you could theoretically mm. does ericene actually have a grappling hook yeah mm-hmm. yeah you could probably Anchor on to that pipe that you used to get down here that Jasper was bracing y'all on. Because um, it held everyone's weight at some point. Well, it covered the range of weights and seemed to hold okay. <laughs> so you could probably get a grappling hook up there and get back up that way. Who built this thing? Well, you see, sometimes things are damaged and large. You haven't run into any stairwells or ladders yet. That doesn't mean they don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should go around the catwalk as much as it's safe to do, and maybe we'll find a way back up. And if we run into anything, we'll just run away. Uh, uh, I, I'm down for getting air scene out and uh, finding a finding a way back. But uh, I don't I don't feel good about going back up to the surface myself while Cog is still down here. But uh. But in the short term, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's, I agree. Let's go around and look for a way up. Here's an idea. What if we go back up, find Green and Alara, and bring them back down with us? That's now that we know where we're coming, like, it's yeah. not that hard to get back here, probably. It's maybe four hours round trip. 
now that we know how we're going, like we were looking around and we ran into those times, yeah. but it's probably a little bit longer than that. Yeah. If you know where you're going four or yeah. five hours. All right. Yeah. And we really don't want to be going down there and running into whatever it is that, that has or got Grick, got um, Cog with, you know, with one player who's with one group member who's severely wounded. Yeah. Yeah. All right, but we got to be quick. If Cog's securely wounded, well, he, I mean, I don't want to carry the stretcher the whole way for no reason, but also, like, if Cog's injured, do we have yeah. extra time? You all are running the show, just... Well, if, if Cog's injured, then we have to get two injured people back out of here. That's not a lot exactly. better. Exactly. Yeah, but we... The, the... Or possibly three if something happens to Grix again. Or I'm, any one I'm of with, us. Uh, I can pr- probably carry Cog and Grix if I have to. But And Harrison, uh, you can walk, which I'm, makes transporting you a lot easier. Yeah, but like we're basically assuming that something bad is going to happen once we go like going further. I'm really sorry I fucked up so bad, you guys. No, nah, it's fine, it's fine. Let's just uh, let's find the way out, see if we can find any other Cog marks on the way. Uh Maybe uh, maybe we split the party and uh, some folks go back up to the surface and some folks stay down here and uh, keep the keep the base camp. Maybe anyway, let's let's find the way up first. Sounds good. Why would people stay down here if they're just gonna stay down? If they're just gonna not move? Uh, no, like like to do some more some more poking around. We can decide this in a minute. These catwalks do a lot to uh, impede investigation. Yeah. Yeah. As Griggs has discovered, at least on this side of the room. Fully intact catalogs. <laughs> Listen, let's uh, let's go around like Aracene suggested. Find a way back up, and then decide what we're gonna do there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's let's see if we can get the municipal authority to uh, repair these catwalks for us while we're up there. I'll put in a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that the ticketing system is uh, clay wax or clay wax tablets, clay or wax yeah, tablets. Yeah, something you can. Uh, that can be like uh, easily smudged over and erased. Maybe. That would make sense. Or like major issues that like go into the fixed asset system can get fired. Sure, exactly. Oh boy, we are all like real that guy right now about <laughs> all of this. I, I was going to not go on a tangent about how I consider the manufacture of stone paper for the arcs. It involves thermoplastics. I can't justify it. I I'd imagine that we do a, a papyrus based. With uh, with grass reeds that are really easy and quick to grow. Yeah, you have a moderate amount of surface. paper, but you try not to waste it. Essentially, yeah. And also, like I think papyrus, if you write on it correctly, it's easy to erase. It's easy yep. to like scrape off the ink. Exactly. I think we should go and keep going in the direction Grix found because we knew that that way was pretty safe. Yeah, and then you all can see the uh, the the slag bridge. I turn to wealthy and I'm like, it's time for the. Light spell, I guess? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I've got my quarterstaff, and I will go ahead and uh, cast light on the end of it. Okay. Wealthy the Grey has a glowing quarterstaff. <laughs> and yeah, you all head along, keep scooting along. You find um, that thing that Grix found earlier where there's like two or three feet of a catwalk sticking out towards the core. And then there's not a catwalk. <laughs> oh, joy. Except there is. It's just drooped down. 
um, to be much closer to the level below that. And you keep on going after that. You make it to that corner, and that's not a problem. Cool. And you are walking along the kind of upper part of this room. Um, you find a lot of side rooms along here, but as you kind of just stick your heads in them, like none of them even have doors. It's all like shelves of, you know, there's a few dusty old tools and uh, work gear of various things that Grix would recognize. Hard hats, the equivalent of like welder's aprons, things like that. Um, you do find one much larger room. You think somewhere close to the center of this span that goes on quite a ways. It's like 30 feet wide and 50 feet deep. I'm assuming that Jaspar is still taking like map, like doing yep. a map. I'll turn to him and be like, so like, where does this go compared to like where we came from? <laughs> he kind of points back to the wall that that crumbled catwalk that you fell off of was on. Uh, everything else is back that way. Okay. No obvious connection. Um, can I do an investigation check to just like look, uh, see if there's any cog marks here? Yeah. Any evidence of? Yeah, I think you uh you find a cog mark. You don't have to roll for this one. It's just a big uh, it's like an X next to the door. Well, that's not subtle. Okay, so I guess this is where we're coming back to. If we can find a way up. Huh. Huh. There has to be a way up, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for there to be no way back up. We've only gone like three quarters of the way around, right? Two thirds. If that, yeah. A third? Like, a third? Basically, you've. Grix personally has covered all of the left wall, and you think you're somewhere around okay. halfway through the top wall. Oh, okay. Point on Jasper's map, and I'm like, make a mark, make a cog mark. You've been marking where the cog marks are, right? Yeah. Narrator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so this one. It- it's indicating that Cog went was just here or or went a specific direction. It doesn't appear to indicate a specific direction. I would think that it would if if it's like on the door jam of it's the, like on the wall right next to it, going into yeah. the going into the larger okay. room. I would assume that it means that's the direction that he went. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I would ass- that's what Aaron would assume and probably what Aracene would assume. But Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Grix, you can't see to both sides of the room. You can see to the back. Because um, your dark vision is 60 feet. Uh, yeah, I believe uh, so. so. Just so you know, there is a back wall to this. You don't know what's on the left or right side. but it's, uh, it's not that big. I can see the back. What if I just take a quick look? Jasper, go with him. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll go with him too, because I've got light. Thank you. But Vaughn's... Well, I've got light, too. Oh, that's right, you do. Okay, I'll stay with Eric. Yeah. What do you cast light on? Uh, my magic wand. Vaughn's... Vaughn's... <laughs> <laughs> Vaughn's, yes, Vaughn's... Vaughn's, come here a second. <laughs> it has Slap. to be an object. Or an area. Um, people are objects. Dark. Vaughn's also has to go with you in this plan. Yeah, that's fair. All right, now I, uh, I light up my magic wand. So not to sink your ship. Um, um, yeah, so you uh, you head inside. Vons, you want to come with? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Don't leave me here. No, Jaspar's doing it. No, Jaspar's going with no. you. No, Jaspar's orders. going in with you. Yeah, yeah, Bonds, that's fair, yes. They stay here. They're not going to do very much. <laughs> Wealthy is dying of consumption, but other than that... <laughs> is is Wealthy turning down an opportunity to be alone with Erisene? Wealthy is yes, totally <laughs> turning down an opportunity to be alone with Erisene. Yes, of course. Wealthy does not want to be alone with Erisene right now. That does mean that you're bringing both your light sources with you. But we could have exposition. What? If you cast it on the magic wand and Wealthy is carrying the other light source, I guess Wealthy could just leave the staff. Uh, I'm staying with Erisene. I just want Vons to stay with me. Ah, okay. Yeah, sorry, that makes sense. Um, I'm not expecting expecting Jasper and and Grix to, you know, like, go very far or anything like that. Okay, yeah. So you head on in, Jasper and okay. Grix. Um, Wait, so is Vaughn's going with? No, or no? no, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Adam hasn't responded. <laughs> I was going to say, it's weird. No, <laughs> we tell you what to do now. <laughs> Adam, what would you like Vaughn's to do? I mean, I. Mm, so, uh how how likely does Vaughn think Grix is going to get hurt doing this bout of exploration with... Uh, Grix looked in and didn't see anything, so less likely than usual, probably. He's not walking into a complete unknown. A much larger target uh, is standing next stalactites? to him. There are no tongue-shaped stalactites. Well, and yeah, Vons is basically out of potions anyway. Uh, here's what Vons will do. Vons will toss uh, an aid potion to Grix... All right, and just just in case, just in case. Yeah, but that's that's aid, so you have to use it ahead of time if you need it. Uh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Thanks. I'll uh, I'll be careful. You're ready to walk into a room now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, everyone else is concerned. You head on into the room. <laughs> With your light right. source. <laughs> Whoa. Um, this room is not very wide. It's about 30 feet across, all told. Not very being relative, obviously. Um, so, Grix, what you see is something you're vaguely familiar with, but don't interact with very often. And it looks like a weird version of it. There are about two dozen, actually less, more like ten, but they're extremely large. Um, Mechanical scorpions. No. Very large um, looms oh. that are set up against the wall. Um, these look pretty mechanically complex. Okay. But um, besides those, you, there's the back wall. You know, there's some miscellaneous old uh, in surprisingly good condition, like tables and stuff. But there's okay. not. Um, but those are kind of the things. You don't find anything scooting around. Nothing drops on your head. No other doors? Uh, no other doors out of here, just that one you came in. And you say looms. What kind of looms are we talking about? Like, what what gets spun on these? Woven. Oh, woven, yeah. Um, Sorry. It's yes. fine. <laughs> but uh, you go and examine one and make an intelligence check. Uh, 15, highlighted stat. Okay, um, being empty, it's, you know, you're not going to be able to tell material that was being used. Because, um, yeah, there's, there's no thread, yarn, any of that. Well, this just and, seems like an uncomfortable place. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go down into the uh, the lower uh, depths of hell to do my uh, <laughs> make hang my on. 
Afghan. Yeah, so this... Um, Unless they're mechanical, they can be very loud. Yeah, you uh-huh. see um, what you, upon closer inspection, you can verify are conduits that are currently dark going into each of them. And there's a lot of machinery here, which, if you had to guess, probably means these essentially run automatically when huh. they are turned on. These are big, wide looms. These are, you uh-huh. know, full with vault of cloth. Mm-hmm. Would you say they're looming over me? Yes. I'm so happy for you. Thank that you. pun. Um, dear listeners, <laughs> dear listeners, I got to marry him. <laughs> He's my husband. He's the one that I chose. Mm-hmm. And he chose me. Mm-hmm. That really tells you a lot about both of us, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't dare to speculate myself. It's left as an exercise for the listeners. <laughs> listeners Basically, you don't know exactly what was being woven on here, but it was big and apparently automated to some extent. Okay. What a weird-ass place to come, and why was Cog in here? All right. Uh, it's, it's safe, guys. You can come in. Uh... If you wanna, but uh, it's just uh, it's some looms. I'm good. Um, I'm gonna leave Vaughn's with with uh, with Ericene. I'm gonna go in and look because I'm the child of tailors. I want to look at these looms. Yeah, you find some looms. Um, make your own intelligence check. Oh, great! That's a thirteen. It's a primary attribute for though you though, so that's still a success. Um, yeah, looking at the looms, you, you've seen these before, but manually operated, usually. I think always, actually, in your experience. Um, so it has a bunch of weird extra bits on it, but you know how this works more generally. And yeah, it's, um, it's a loom, it's mechanical, it's meant for weaving whole bolts of cloth. This isn't the kind of thing you use for, like, personal projects. This is... Industrial scale. These are the looms that the people that your parents bought their cloth from use. Right. Um, you also, because you are the children of Taylor, child of Taylors, and have more experience with this, um, if you look at a couple of them, you can actually tell that some of them are like tweaked in just such a way, as far as stuff about looms that I don't know, that you're pretty <laughs> sure that some of them were being used for kind of big, rough, you know, canvas, like big sheets of wool kind of stuff. And other parts of other seem to be set up for kind of more like finer thread, more delicate cloth. Does anything look like, like there's um, magic other than the fact that it appears to be powered by magic? No, nothing upon, you know, examination. Um, Well, I think if you're looking at it, you kind of see the same sort of Magical stuff that is embedded on a lot of the quote-unquote mechanical but magically powered devices. Um, But it's all stuff, as far as you can tell, for, you know, channeling the magic to the right spots and shaping it the way it needs to be. Not not anything beyond that. So just part of the the mechanism rather than an additional inherent magic in any way. Um, And how long does it look like it's been since they've been used? It's hard to tell, but they're real dusty. Um, or, yeah, actually, 
this would be one of the rooms that would have dust in it because there were fucking looms in it. Um, oh yeah, it would be dusty just from lint and fuzz. But yeah, everything seems to kind of like if you move one of them, it squeaks real bad. Like none of the stuff seems okay. to have been used in a while. It's in pretty good condition. I think Grix, you know that these could be back in, you know, definitely working and working smoothly shape fairly easily. But for now, this is the equivalent of something that's been sitting in the garage for 10 years. All right. Okay. You don't know exactly how long it is, but it's in that kind of thing where it would need a little TLC. And do we see any other cog marks? And do we see another exit out of the room? Uh, no other doors and no cog marks that you can find. Uh, maybe cog uh, took a sleep in there. That's how people say it, right? Took a sleep? <laughs> sure. Yeah, common's a weird language. Anyway. Language is always evolving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> While everyone else is in the yeah. big room with the looms, Erisina mm-hmm. is gonna be, like, sitting against the wall just to rest because she's very, very hurt. And uh, she's gonna say to Vaughn's, like, so, like, thank you very much for helping to get me not dead. Um, sure. You're welcome. Glad you're not dead. So do you, like, really not trust me because I'm tall and rich <laughs> through no fault of my own? Or, like, is this just, like, a fucking bit that you're doing for your own amusement? Because um, it's honestly hurting my feelings at this point. I mean, uh, we've we've ventured together a couple of times. I'm beginning to feel comfortable with you. Although... Tall people in general and wealthy people on this on this rock tend not to treat the the lower class all that well, so yeah i I really do get it. I'm trying really, really hard to not be like that. Have I been like that to you because if I have, I really wanna know <laughs> so that I cannot be like that. Like, have I been like that to you? Or is it just everyone's fucked you over real bad for, like, a real long time and you will not trust anyone from my group of existence? It's more of a societal thing. We don't don't get a lot of your kind where I live or work. And when we do, they're usually not very nice to us. So we're not, we're not, uh, we're not quick to trust. Sure. But like, have I been like that to you? As far as I can tell, no, I don't I don't think you've ever been uh um exclusionary or or uh uh well what's the word? Um biased. I get ugh, not pulling out the good words this morning. Uh I don't <laughs> think you've been uh, particularly biased towards towards any of us. Okay. Could you like stop talking about how I'm so tall then and how much I fucking suck because I'm tall, please. Uh, it, it's kind of been a minute since I've said anything of that nature anyway, hasn't it? The last time we hung out, you talked about it. All right. Well, uh, sure. Yeah, I can. I can be nicer. Cool. I'm trying really hard to also be nicer. If you catch me being an asshole, please <laughs> Just actually tell me instead of, you know, muttering under your breath about how 
all tall people suck. Aw, bonds are formed. Shake on it. And Ericene will, like, put out her hand. Um, or are you more of, like, a high five or, like, fist bump kind of a fox? Uh, we both, uh, at least uh, Vaughn starts doing that awkward thing where he's, like, like kind of goes for uh, the shake, but then, like, backs up and then does, like, the fist bump thing, but doesn't quite make contact. He mostly just kind of hovers his hands in the air. <laughs> Gesturing like he... Ericene will, like, do the high five against his fist bump and be like, turkey! (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And that's our friend handshake now. Congratulations. Good talk. I think I hear them again. Yeah, I guess we'll come out of the room. We heard our stage cue. Hi. Yeah, there's a bunch of looms. Okay. Okay. And no more cog marks, so we aren't we aren't sure what he was trying to say here. All right. Well, this was hardly illuminating. But it, that that's a big ass cog mark too. Uh, let's head on. I mean, maybe he was just being like, "This is really cool." <laughs> um, come back I, and check this out again. I've met cog, and that's really not his personality style. Actually, cog says bitches all the time. <laughs> it gets really weird sometimes. <laughs> hey, Wit, can you say that in character? For the love of all that is holy. Cog actually uh, says bitches all the time. It's, uh, it's It gets a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like he's gender, he's gender neutral about it. But yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He sounds great. Why are we yeah. rescuing him then? No, never mind. I'm. I was just joking. It was a bad. It was a bad, stupid joke. I take it back. Yes, and I. I I'm joking as well. Talk does not say bitches all the time. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Only when he's drunk. <laughs> Which he never does anymore because he's got like a billion children. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, I forgot. He has like three to five of them. <laughs> it's not a billion. <laughs> From Ericene's perspective, that is, like, so many. That's fair. Ericene's like, one kid seems like a lot. Two kids. Why would you do that? And beyond that, like, how are you still alive? (laughs) There's a difference between the number of children and the amount of children. Like, you can have two kids, but, like, the amount of effort and energy. That's fair magnifies fair enough yeah. and these are kobolds anyway. so how long before these children are having children of their own uh, five years variable about five years because i've never ironed out exactly how long kobolds live in this setting <laughs> not super long though so do you all con- continue along your path let's uh let's uh go find uh find a way up going around okay you find more storerooms and you hit I'll ignore him if, uh, if there's no cog yep. marks, I'll and ignore him. And you hit the corner. <clears throat> and now we're headed down the right-hand side of the room. So you're meandering along here. There's still more of those kind of tool things. Everyone make a dexterity check. And by tools, I meant maintenance equipment. Still, everyone make a dexterity check, please. No. Oh. <sighs> yes. God damn it. Uh-oh. Er- I rolled a 16 plus 4 is 20. Dirty 20, and that's a prime attribute for me. <coughs> I, rolled an, uh, I rolled a 3 plus 5 is 8, and that's a prime attribute for me. Okay. 
12, not a prime right. attribute. And Vaughn? Uh, totaled of 16 on a prime. Okay. So we all have int and dex for our primes, except Grix, who has int and charisma. Yes. Wow. There wasn't a lot of uh, communication as we were creating the characters. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's no. fine. I just, I just noticed that. <laughs> I dig it. I'm the adorable one. But uh, he's the baby. So I think all y'all more or less catch this coming, and then because everyone succeeded really well, <laughs> although I think uh, Arisen got the highest. I think Ericene sees that Wealthy is noticing this last and kind of, you know, grabs her shirt or her cloak or something and tugs her out of the way. Oh, good. Of one of those, <laughs> um, like, streams of magic comes out of the core. Oh. It arcs through the air almost like a Ow. snake for a second and then basically, like, in a slight spiral and then drives forward and slams into the wall. So everyone got out of the way. That wasn't a problem. Um because they caught it in that kind of moment of hesitation in the air. Uh, air scene? Make an intelligence check. Um, that is a 10 on a prime. Yeah, um, so it hits the wall. It pulls out as kind of that same glowing rainbow miasma light, and it fades out. And as it fades out, and it kind of like becomes clear, you can still kind of see a shimmer, but the colors go away. Uh-huh. The wall looks like a lot like it's made of jade for a second. Like this is underneath the kind of magic pool level with the wall. It looks like uncut jade to you. And then the shimmering stops and the wall is back to normal. That was fucking weird. It was like the wall was made of jade for a second. <laughs> Did you guys see that? You all saw this. Aristine's just the one who can recognize jade. Ah. Trivially. Well, I know it sure. looked green. And the wall is not green. Um, I'll take one of my dirks and in the spot that the magic hit, um I'll like sort of scrape the wall. Uh, here, 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 here. I uh, open my toolbox. Chisel, yeah, hammer. Chisel. Oh, okay. And hammer. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, don't don't mess up your dirk. Okay. Thanks. So does one of you take a chunk out of the wall? A small chunk, like scratch down or... Yeah. All right. You scratch down a bit and this appears to be, um, well, it's not jade. Granite or something adjacent to it. Huh. Hey, uh, what if, uh, what if I, uh, pitch a, a rock at the, at the thingy? I think that would be a really bad idea. It's also idea. a long throw. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. I. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep going. So you all pick up and uh, Grix. Yeah. I imagine you're towards the front. That seems like your style. Yep. Uh, Lumi into and plus it lets you not wreck your dark vision. Um, you see what looks like a toolbox. Uh, no. That I I know I know. Uh, maintenance worker first aid. Uh, first thing you do. Is assess the situation. So I'm not going to rush in yet. I'll look around carefully. The toolbox appears to be uninjured and also alone. <laughs> well, yeah, but... Alright. <laughs> the GM's being an asshole. 
So uh, you head over towards the toolbox, you know, slowly. Um, the toolbox itself is just sitting on the catwalk, kind of near the railing, but not like teetering on the edge or anything. It's open. Um, as you kind of get up to it, you also see that there's a bag there that looks a lot like kind of a big shoulder sat- shoulder satchel, at least for Cobalt, mm-hmm. which you've been carrying a toolbox on your back, so you know you kind of can't do that and a backpack at the same time. So that's probably why this... So this is the standard kind of thing you would carry on longer stuff, so you could carry more than just your tools. Sure. As you kind of get up to all that, you find that A, it is next to a another one of those catwalks going out towards the center core. Okay. B, just beyond it, on the left-hand wall, you see a some sort of open doorway. Like, you can see, like, the edge of it. You can't see into it from here, because it's, you know, 10, 20 feet mm-hmm. further down. And you see that this uh, catwalk has, appears to have um, suffered something of a similar fate to the one on the other side. This one goes out, like, six feet. Okay. Appears to also have melted. The one on the other side, it is also missing. Like, there's, there's you know, just another melted spot and the catwalk that was once between it is nowhere to be seen at least not right here sure Hmm. and everyone make an intelligence check i rolled a 13 plus 3 is 16 on a prime 11 uh yeah 16 on a prime but it's prime yeah it's a primary attribute 15 here prime okay um grix would you say you were scanning the area yeah i told you I was cool. assessing the situation. So, so you keep creeping forward, you keep assessing the situation. Ericene, I think you noticed this from kind of your like traps training. Um, as Grix is poking around, and Grix, I think you look up from kind of the toolbox area, and you see this too. You see the glint of some sort of reflective thing uh, on the catwalk um, around the core itself. It does remind you of the glint of light on a lens. Okay. Yeah. Grix and Arcene saw that. Gonna say, I think it twigged your kind of oh hey reflection where there shouldn't be one trap. Um, but yeah, there's a shiny thing. Then up you there. focused in on it. And... Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, cobalt love shiny things. Maybe uh, maybe Cog uh, went up to look at it. How 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 much is melted out of the middle of this catwalk? So this would be a pretty long catwalk to get back to the center of this room, give or take. Um, but it looks like maybe 50, 75 feet is missing from this catwalk. Okay. No, Erisine, you're not jumping in. Yeah, I know. I was asking because I wanted to know. I wasn't planning to. Tie, tie the rope on me and it tossed me over there. <laughs> no. Moon tossing? No, it's cobalt tossing. It's totally cobalt. different. God damn it! Why am I? Why do I have a gnome on my head? Well, uh, in uh, in some European folklores, uh, uh, cobalt and gnomes were the same thing. Ah, why does my head hurt? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never seen a cobalt get a bloody nose. Uh, that's <laughs> weird. I I just like point. I'm like, there's definitely something out yeah. there that's not been on the other sides of it. And I should clarify, this glinty thing is on the catwalk that's going around, like on the floor of the catwalk. Yeah. Um, cool. And... Yeah, tie the rope on me. Toss me over there. What's the worst that'll happen? Uh, Grix. It's further away to throw you than it is 
down to the water. So like, if we miss, you will fall in the water and get eaten by the thermal invisible wolf well, sharks. Well, pull me up real fast. Like, it took them a minute to go after my illusion. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. But, uh, but I, w- I want to see what that is. <laughs> uh, sure. Bonds and Crix, please make wisdom checks. Oh. I know, of all people, but just roll with it. <laughs> oh, no. Whee! Well, I just oh, no. rolled a two on the die, so. Hey, so did I. <laughs> so I got a one. No, I got a uh, 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 four. Four. Fawns, you get very confused. Because you think you smell blood. But also, Ericene's right there. And, like, has been bloody a lot. And, like, it seems like it came from somewhere else for a second, but you can't pinpoint it at all. And, Grix. Yeah. You are sure that throwing you is just the best fucking idea on the planet. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. <laughs> we don't have anybody strong enough to throw you. If Photios was here, maybe he could throw you. We we have a grappling ho- hook and a bunch of rope. Jasper, you're not being helpful. This Jasper. is a stupid thing to do. <laughs> Ericene just, like, puts her hand over her eyes. I, I was just saying that we could probably get a rope taut across it, not that we should throw people. No, Jasper. <laughs> okay. That's, you know, that's actually kind of a good idea. And um, we could, like, tie, like, a loop around the rope once it's taut, and so that could, like, like, we could, like, tie a loop around and then, like, People could like climb across, or swing. Yeah, yeah. No, n- we hook it up on a higher level. No, let's no, let's not swing. <laughs> um, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah, I guess Ericene will use the grappling hook. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tie. I'll tie the grappling hook to the end mm-hmm. of the rope. I'll stand at the edge, and I mean, I've been. I've been trained on how to use the grappling hook. So I'll like do this, like, you know, swing and like, let it go so that it like does the arc, of course, letting the rope go slack to let it go all the way and hope that it like catches on the grate on the other side. Yeah. um, Yeah. Dex check. (gasps) Yes. Second dirty 20. So. And that's a primary attribute. Yeah, so you actually managed to get it in such a way that, like, you kind of give it a little bit of a, a twist, and so it goes through the it goes through the railing, like the because there's like two bars to the railing or whatever on one side. Okay. And you kind of get it to go through there, and then fiddle with it a little bit to drop it, and also have it hook on the underside of the grate. Oh, perfect! Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I would hope. Like, so it has basically like more than one anchor point. Yeah, there's something else it could catch on if the rope slips, which Mendoza tried very hard to drill into. <laughs> mhm. So we we would have taken apart the the two the two like ropes that we have. So I'm going to I'm going to leave like a uh, 6 feet or so of like uh mm-hmm. end um and then tie a little loop um maybe like a couple of little loops uh, around the line that's going to the grappling hook. 
um, so that there's like multiple loops. So these loops are going to go across on the gotcha, top gotcha. line. Okay. So people have little loops they can anchor onto. Yeah. Or sit in or whatever. Yeah. And we'll tie off the other end as taut as we can to the grate on this side also. Probably do some knots, some hitches on the railing, and then you could even like loop the whole thing under. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so who wants to go over there? I um I I'm not gonna do that because hurt. <laughs> hey, low wisdom light people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking to myself. All right, hook me up. Oh, I was just figuring it'd be a debate between Grix and Vons. I wasn't meant to imply that Grix was automatically going to do it. I was anticipating Grix just like already being halfway up there. I mean, thing. also true. Okay. Um, I'll I'll tie Grix very securely, one loop around uh both of his legs, and then like another loop around his waist. So it's essentially like a, a harness okay. yeah that's why i left yeah. you know the six feet this is secured and then i'll be like okay just like pull yourself along the rope um and don't don't untie yourself until you get to the end all right let's do it and i like as as i'm like doing the harness i'm like okay you're gonna have to know how to do this when you get back. <laughs> yeah i know knots yeah, here's a how to okay, undo good. your figure eight knot. Here's here's how to undo it, and here's how to redo it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Want to make sure Grix yeah, isn't no, gonna. Grix is well secured and can get out of it without like cutting it. It's was probably not a huge concern, but um, all right. So Grix, yeah, you pull yourself out over the void. Yeah. And please make a dexterity or strength check. Your choice. Oh boy. Uh, decisions, decisions. Uh, that's going to be dexterity. Okay. All right. Uh, I've got a uh, twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. Not. Not. Uh, not a primary. Not highlighted. Not primary. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. You managed to scoot yourself along pretty well. Like it. It's a little bit tricky at first, just because ropes don't slide over. Or I guess this is silk ropes. It actually slides over itself decently well, and you get the trick of you know pulling yourself. Uh -huh. Just yeah, you get across, and because it's tied to a railing, and you are short. It is very easy for you to get standing on the other side and undo the rope. That needs yeah. real issue. All right. Good deal. Can I get to the thing? Yeah, it's a it's a little bit further still, um, but... I'm going to keep the rope on as long as... The, the rope's six feet long, so... Okay, nope, it, yeah. yeah. I it, got it, I yeah, got it. Nope, it, I, I understood now. You maybe had a yeah, foot. <laughs> so. Okay, uh, I... I Go over. Yeah, you, you feel a little vibration in your step on the grating. Yeah, it's fine. Things vibrate. Yeah, just because it's <laughs> hanging out. It's the tunnels. Nothing bad ever happens. So you're on a high up thing that isn't just a stone walkway that's, you know, 10 feet thick. So this is not unusual. It, it's vibrating with your steps, I should clarify. Yeah, right. I understood. But yeah, you make your way over to the core, which has a, which I'm just calling the column now. And it has a, yeah, it has the, um, it has the walkway that goes around it, and you see that there is another one of those below, kind of level with that floor below you before you get to the bottom. Okay. This is, again, probably the biggest crystal, contiguous crystal you've ever seen. You basically have to give up your dark vision at this point, and it, it's very bright right here um, to the point where you kind of got to shade your eyes. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, and this catwalk's like 
anchored to the core on this end with like braces that are going to some of that big iron, like the big iron clamp things that are holding it in place and going to supports both at the floor and at the ceiling. Do you go and find your shiny thing? I go find my shiny thing. You look down and you see a pair of glasses with a cracked lens <gasps> and a broken lens. Oh. And fairly close by to that, you see um, one of those portable measuring kits with uh, one of the probes is actually dangling over the inside edge of this catwalk. Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh-oh. Uh, all right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to look around, search the area in more detail. You're searching around. You kind of get down near the probes and all that, and you look over and you see what sure looks like Cog. Kind of on his side, it's hard to tell here if he is, you know, breathing or not, but clearly not conscious. Ten feet below you on one of the little tiny shelves um, that this crystal forms. Uh One arm and his tail is kind of dangling off the side. And you see also pretty quickly that the catwalk that would be below him, relatively close by, Uh uh, appears to be missing. So it's just kind of a straight shot down towards the floor. Hmm. So Cog is about 10 feet below on the edge of a catwalk. 10 feet below. 10 feet below the edge of the catwalk that they're on. On one of the little crystal shells that the core makes, because that's not a perfect cut kind of gem. It's kind of like how Quartz has various levels. It has some of those. And so Cog is laying on one of those, barely. Below him, the catwalk that should be there is missing. Like that section is missing. After that, it's a straight drop to about um, a support that you can see coming in about five feet, ten feet off the uh, actual floor, if you're guessing where the floor is under that water correctly. Rex, I think you do also notice yep. uh-huh. a little tiny trickle of blood. No. And that's where we'll end the session, everybody. <laughs> Primary attribute has been imagined and brought to life by the people you've heard. For more information about the podcast, check out our website, primaryattribute.com. Questions, comments, feedback? Email us at letters at primaryattribute.com. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us at facebook.com slash primaryattributepod, or on Twitter at primeattribute, or at primaryattribute.tumblr.com for all of our dank memes. Castles and Crusades is published by Trollboard Games. Our theme music was composed by Aaron. Our logo was designed by Adam. Editing this week by Wit. Thanks, Wit! We hope you listen again next time to Primary Attribute. Should I not be in roll 20 right now? Oh, I should open roll 20. That's what's happening. But oh, it's... Also that. Yeah. Um, see, this is what I'm not supposed to forget to do. That said, if I remember right... What's going on in roll 20? Anything. Nothing. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs>
no, I, this I, is, well, now I gotta go. This is fine um, for you to see. We're probably going to cut this out, but Aaron saw some sketches for what's happening for our Halloween no. one-shot next session. Now knows all the secrets, because I labeled everything. Wow. Evil pumpkin number one, evil pumpkin number two, <laughs> Dracula but made of white chocolate. Ew. Ew. Yeah, truly the worst. <laughs> Turns out white chocolate golems are really hard to stat out. Um, but all right. It's just poison. It's just all poison damage. I like white chocolate in other things.